The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. Well, like Barry Manilow said, looks like we made it. Happy Friday. Good morning. I'm Paul Sadek. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Friday, November 4th, 2022. Friday of the 31st week in Ordinary Time. In the Missal, it's liturgical year C, cycle 2. Friday is a day to pray the sorrowful mysteries of the Rosary. And today is the memorial of St. Charles Borromeo, born in 1538. At the age of 25, he was ordained a priest and then consecrated Bishop of Milan. He kept the Council of Trent in session, and after the Council, he gave his attention to the Archdiocese of Milan and went into reform mode. Now, during the plague and famine of 1576, he tried to feed 60 to 70,000 people daily. Work and the heavy burdens of his office began to affect his health, leading to his death at the age of 46. St. Charles Borromeo died in 1584. St. Charles, pray for us. Let's offer this day to the Lord. My Lord and Father, inspire my thoughts, words, and actions, and accompany them with your aid so that I may undertake all my activities according to your will and out of love for you. I ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And along with Pope Francis, we pray for children who are suffering, especially those who are homeless, orphans, and victims of war. May they be guaranteed access to education and the opportunity to experience family affection. 10 Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the gospel of the day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's 10 Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore your profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Today, Jesus, you give us a very curious parable in which it seems God the Father praises dishonesty. I say seems because that's not the case. But let's unpack the parable and see what the Holy Spirit has to tell us. And we're going to read the parable and comment on each line. He also said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a steward, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So the parable begins again about stewards. Jesus, how often you tell us parables about stewards and servants. You want us to be faithful stewards, faithful servants that also take care of others. It's interesting, we're not just servants, we're stewards. We have responsibility for others. And at the same time, Lord God, you want to make us your children. Jesus, you want to make us children of the Heavenly Father. And that's the the mystery and almost the the tension, the dynamic. On the one hand, we have to see ourselves as servants and be faithful servants and stewards taking care of other servants. On the other hand, Lord God, you want to make us your children, truly living out that divine filiation, sons and daughters in the Son, in Jesus, your Son. So, this man was dishonest. And it's interesting, God knows. Of course, the, the master of the parable is God. And he received these charges that this man was wasting his good. God knows everything. 
Nothing is hidden from him. He knows directly and also through others. Lord God, you hear the cries of the poor. You hear the cries of the exploited. You hear those who are subject to any form of abuse. God hears the cries of those suffering injustice. And at the same time, bad work or dishonest work or waste cries out to him. Sometimes we talk of sins crying out to heaven. These appear on a number of occasions in the Bible. And we can say that a bad job cries out that it's badly done. And this man's dishonesty cries out to the Lord that he's been dishonest. So let's not think we can get away with dishonesty. I remember seeing an amusing sketch once all about British workers. Now I'm sure British workers are no worse than any other workers and uh, I'm a British worker too so I can be pretty bad too so I'm not sure who's this aimed at. But anyway the idea was that there was these street sweepers cleaning a street and when nobody was looking they lifted up the pavement, yes the, the pavement slabs and threw the dirt underneath rather than put it away somewhere properly. The idea that somehow they were able to lift up the slabs to hide the dirt. But we can be bad workers and bad work cries out to heaven. And he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Turning the account of your stewardship, you can no longer be my steward. Would God say that to us on the basis of our work? We have to give an account of our stewardship at the end of our lives. God is going to ask us, How have you administered the gifts I've given you? How have you administered the responsibilities I've given you? How have you taken care of your fellow servants? And your fellow servants could be children, could be siblings, brothers, sisters, could be colleagues at work, could be friends at university. Have you taken good care of them? God put them in our charge. He's going to ask how we help them. Somehow we must have helped them, some way. And the steward said to himself, What shall I do since my master is taking the stewardship from me? I am not strong enough to dig and I am ashamed to beg. Ah, I know what I will do so that people may receive me into their houses when I am put out of the stewardship. And then he invents his ploy, which we'll get to in a moment. So this guy is lazy, he's wasteful, but he's sly. Some people put more effort and thought into avoiding work than into actually doing it. I noticed that when I was a lad at school, that sometimes my colleagues would cheat and copy, and it seemed to me on occasions that they put more effort into copying and cheating than into actually doing the work. If they'd actually just done the work in the first place, they'd have probably saved themselves time. Well, this guy is like that. He puts a lot of effort, a lot of slyness into his dishonesty. And also note his lack of humility. He's very pernickety about the work he'll do. He won't beg. He won't dig. What are we like? Are we proud? Are we very pernickety, very selective about the work we'll do? Now we think, this is beneath me. And that's not humble. Jesus, no work was beneath you. You came to earth to take on a very humble work. A carpenter, a craftsman. Anyway, here's his cheat. So summoning his master's letters one by one, he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? He said, A hundred measures of oil. And he said to him, Quick, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. And then he said to another, How much do you owe? He said, A hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. It's corruption. It's cheating. But I also think that the people receiving the bills, receiving their false discounts, would have been very stupid to take this guy on. If they'd been ready to take him, they'd have been fools. In the same way that he's ready to cheat his old boss for his own game, he'd have been ready to cheat them. Surely they should have realised this. But the master's response is very curious indeed. The master commended the dishonest steward for his shrewdness. 
For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. I know someone who used to quote this text at me as justification for his not believing and not living the faith. He found there evidence in scripture that he could be dishonest, he could be a bit shrewd. He liked that. <laughs> that was perhaps one of the few lines from Scripture that he actually liked. It seemed to be recommendation of dishonesty or, or cheating. Jesus, what are you saying here? I think what you're saying is that God appreciates the elements of goodness even in a generally evil act. It was wrong and corrupt, but clever. This shows us the genius of God, the wisdom of God. God is a good and subtle judge. He can tell the difference between good and evil. He notices the subtleties. Good will be rewarded, evil punished. But any good we do will be rewarded. And that's one of the reasons, it seems, why sometimes bad people seem to do well on earth. It's some form of reward for the little good they've done. They've done some good, and God has to reward them for this God is just and so he gives them some earthly gain he can't give them heavenly gain because they're not going to go to heaven because they've lived badly they're rejecting his grace but for the little good they've done he gives them some earthly reward this is a possible and traditional explanation for why sometimes bad people seem to prosper and God wants us to be clever not dumb not sucking our thumbs naively we have a brain and God expects us to use it so elsewhere, for example, in the Gospel of Matthew, our Lord says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Wise as serpents and the shrewdness of the steward. And the word in Greek is phronimos, the shrewdness. And that word also comes up in the story of the wise and foolish virgins. The wise virgins were phronimoi, were, were prudent, were shrewd. So that word phronimos can mean intelligent, prudent, wise, sensible, shrewd. It's good to be clever, as long as we don't do evil. I remember once somebody telling me how he met Mother Teresa, St. Teresa of Calcutta. Uh, this guy was in Oprah's day. And he gave her a prayer card of St. Jose Maria. And she took it and immediately she kissed it. And then this guy, who was very shrewd, said, Oh, hang on, mother, can I just have that card back? And she gave it back without a word of complaint immediately. And he said, Thank you very much. And then he gave her another one of St. Josemaria. Why did he do that? Because this guy was shrewd. That became a relic. It had been kissed by Mother Teresa. He knew the holiness of Mother Teresa. And he now had a prayer card kissed by a saint, a prayer card to one saint, kissed by another. That's an, one, one example of being shrewd. And there's all sorts of ways we have to be shrewd. So, goodness is not naivety or being a simpleton. Let's just finish with the last verse 9 of the Gospel. Now, it's actually not being read out today, but it will come tomorrow. And it's, I think, quite important to understand what's going on. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous mammon, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal habitations. And here, I don't think God is encouraging deceit. In fact, if anything, I think, and this would be perhaps the more general tradition of interpretation, that our Lord here is being ironic. Make friends for yourself by means of unrighteous mammon, so when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal habitations. The point being that they can't and won't. These friends that you've made by unrighteous mammon, by dirty dealings, by tricky business, they won't welcome you into heaven, they can't. 
corrupted and corrupting friends will only take us to hell. But being sly and clever is not being corrupt. So here Jesus, you're telling us it's good to be wise, it's good to be shrewd. We don't need to be naive. But you're warning us against corruption. You're perhaps also warning us to choose our friends properly. Not to have corrupt friends, partners in sin. We ask Our Lady to help us to be honest and sincere. Mary was the most transparent woman on earth. Mother, help us to be honest and sincere in all our dealings with everyone we work with. Help us to love people and to respect their dignity. Never to cheat them, but always to give them a good, honest day's work. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my God and Angel, intercede for me. You'll find more of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. It's 16 minutes past the hour and this is Daybreak. On the Memorial of St. Charles Borromeo, this is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Paul Sadek. We begin our day of prayer joining the whole church led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips. And and my my mouth mouth will proclaim your praise. Worship Christ, Chief Shepherd of the flock. Alleluia. Come, let us worship Christ, Chief Shepherd of the flock. Alleluia. Come, let us sing to the Lord, and shout with joy to the rock who saves us. Let us approach him with praise and thanksgiving, and sing joyful songs to the Lord. Come, let us worship Christ, Chief Shepherd of the Flock. The Lord is God, the mighty God, the great King over all the gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the highest mountains as well. He made the sea, it belongs to him. The dry land, too, for it was formed by his hand. Come, let us worship Christ, Chief Shepherd of the flock. Alleluia! Come then, let us bow down and worship, bending the knee before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are His people, the flock He shepherds. Come, let us worship Christ, Chief Shepherd of the flock. Alleluia! 
listen to the voice of the Lord. Do not grow stubborn as your fathers did in the wilderness. When at Meribah and Massah they challenged me and provoked me, although they had seen all of my works. Come, let us worship Christ, Chief Shepherd of the flock. Alleluia! Forty years I endured that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my anger, they shall not enter into my rest. Come, let us worship Christ, Chief Shepherd of the flock. Alleluia! Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Come, let us worship Christ, Chief Shepherd of the flock. Alleluia! I am worn out with crying, with longing for my God. I am worn out with crying, with longing for my God. Save me, O God, for the waters have risen to my neck. I have sunk into the mud of the deep, and there is no foothold. I have entered the waters of the deep, and the waves overwhelm me. I am wearied with all my crying. My throat is parched. My eyes are wasted away from looking for my God. More numerous than the hairs on my head are those who hate me without cause. Those who attack me with lies are too much for my strength. How can I restore what I have never stolen? O God, you know my sinful folly, my sins you can see. Let those who hope in you not be put to shame through me, Lord of hosts. Let not those who seek you be dismayed through me, God of Israel. It is for you that I suffer taunts, that shame covers my face, that I have become a stranger to my brothers, an alien to my own mother's sons. I burn with zeal for your house, and taunts against you fall on me. When I afflict my soul with fasting, they make it a taunt against me. When I put on sackcloth in mourning, they make me a byword, the gossip of men at the gates, the subject of drunkards' songs. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I am worn out with crying, with longing for my God. I needed 
food and they gave me gall. I was parched with thirst and they gave me vinegar. I needed food and they gave me gall. I was parched with thirst and they gave me vinegar. This is my prayer to you, my prayer for your favor. In your great love, answer me, O God, with your help that never fails. Rescue me from sinking in the mud. Save me from my foes. Save me from the waters of the deep, lest the waves overwhelm me. Do not let the deep engulf me, nor death close its mouth on me. Lord, answer, for your love is kind. In your compassion, turn towards me. Do not hide your face from your servant. Answer quickly, for I am in distress. Come close to my soul and redeem me. Ransom me, pressed by my foes. You know how they taunt and deride me. My oppressors are all before you. Taunts have broken my heart. I have reached the end of my strength. I looked in vain for compassion, for consolers, not one could I find. For food, they gave me poison. In my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I needed food, and they gave me gall. I was parched with thirst, and they gave me vinegar. Seek the Lord, and you will live. Seek the Lord, and you will live. As for me, in my poverty and pain, let your help, O God, lift me up. I will praise God's name with a song. I will glorify him with thanksgiving, a gift pleasing God more than oxen, more than beasts prepared for sacrifice. The poor, when they see it, will be glad, and God-seeking hearts will revive. For the Lord listens to the needy and does not spurn his servants in their chains. Let the heavens and the earth give him praise, the sea and all its living creatures. For God will bring help to Zion and rebuild the cities of Judah, and men shall dwell there in possession. The sons of his servants shall inherit it. Those who love his name shall dwell there. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. God, our Father, to show the way of salvation, you chose that the standard of the cross should go before us, and you fulfilled the ancient prophecies in Christ's Passover from death to life. Do not let us rouse your burning indignation by sin, but rather, through the contemplation of his wounds, make us burn with zeal for the honor of your church, and with grateful love for you. Seek the Lord, and you will live. You will hear the word from my mouth. You will tell others what I have said. 
From the Second Book of Maccabees After the feast called Pentecost, Judas and his followers lost no time in marching against Gorgias, governor of Idumea, who opposed them with three thousand foot soldiers and four hundred horsemen. In the ensuing battle, a few of the Jews were slain. A man called Dosithius, a powerful horseman and one of Bensonor's men, caught hold of Gorgias, grasped his military cloak, and dragged him along by main strength, intending to capture the vile wretch alive, when a Thracian horseman attacked Dorotheus, cut off his arm at the shoulder. Then Gorgias fled to Marissa. After, Esdras and his men had been fighting for a long time and were weary. Judas came upon the Lord to show himself their ally and leader in the battle. Then raising a battle cry in his ancestral language and with songs, he charged Gorgias' men when they were not expecting it and put them to flight. Judas rallied his army and went to the city of Adullam. As the week was ending, they purified themselves according to custom and kept the Sabbath there. On the following day, since the task had now become urgent, Judas and his men went to gather up the bodies of the slain and bury them with their kinsmen in their ancestral tombs. But under the tunic of each of the dead, they found amulets sacred to the idols of Jamnia, which the law forbids the Jews to wear. So it was clear to all that this is why these men had been slain. They all therefore praised the ways of the Lord, the just judge who brings to light the things that are hidden. Turning to supplication, they prayed that the sinful deed might be fully blotted out. The noble Judas warned the soldiers to keep themselves free from sin, for they had seen with their own eyes what had happened because of the sin of those who had fallen. He then took up a collection among all his soldiers, amounting to two thousand silver drachmas, which he sent to Jerusalem to provide for an expiatory sacrifice. In doing this, he acted in a very excellent and noble way, inasmuch as he had had the resurrection of the dead in view. For if he were not expecting the falling to rise again, it would have been useless and foolish to pray for them in death. But if he did this with a view to the splendid reward that awaits those who had gone to rest in godliness, it was a holy and pious thought. Thus he made atonement for the dead, that they might be freed from this sin. The Word of the Lord There are some who have died a godly death. They, they shall, shall receive, receive the splendid reward which, which awaits, awaits them. It is a holy and pious thought to make atonement for the dead so that they might be freed from their sins. They, they shall receive the splendid reward which, which awaits, awaits them. From a sermon given during the last synod he attended by St. Charles, Bishop. I admit that we are all weak. But if we want help, the Lord God has given us the means to find it easily. 
One priest may wish to lead a good holy life, as he knows he should. He may wish to be chaste and to reflect heavenly virtues in the way he lives. Yet he does not resolve to use suitable means, such as penance, prayer, the avoidance of evil discussions and harmful and dangerous friendships. Another priest complains that as soon as he comes into church to pray the office or to celebrate Mass, a thousand thoughts fill his mind and distract him from God. But what was he doing in the sacristy before he came out for the office or for Mass? How did he prepare? What means did he use to collect his thoughts and to remain recollected? Would you like me to teach you how to grow from virtue to virtue and how, if you are already recollected at prayer, you can be even more attentive next time and so give God more pleasing worship? Listen, and I will tell you. If a tiny spark of God's love already burns within you, do not expose it to the wind, for it may get blown out. Keep the stove tightly shut so that it will not lose its heat and grow cold. In other words, avoid distractions as well as you can. Stay quiet with God. Do not spend your time in useless chatter. If teaching and preaching is your job, then study diligently and apply yourself to whatever is necessary for doing the job well. Be sure that you first preach by the way you live. If you do not, people will notice that you say one thing, but live otherwise, and your words will bring only cynical laughter and a derisive shake of the head. Are you in charge of a parish? If so, do not neglect the parish of your own soul. Do not give yourself to others so completely that you have nothing left for yourself. You have to be mindful of your people without becoming forgetful of yourself. My brothers, you must realize that for us churchmen, nothing is more necessary than meditation. We must meditate before, during, and after everything we do. The prophet says, I will pray, and then I will understand. When you administer the sacraments, meditate on what you are doing. When you celebrate Mass, reflect on the sacrifice you are offering. When you pray the office, think about the words you are saying and the Lord to whom you are speaking. When you take care of your people, meditate on the Lord's blood that has washed them clean. In this way, all that you do becomes a work of love. This is the way we can easily overcome the countless difficulties we have to face day after day, which, after all, are part of our work. In meditation, we find the strength to bring Christ to birth in ourselves and in other men. Seek after integrity and holiness, faith and love, patience and gentleness. These are the things you must command and teach. Be an example to all who believe. If you give them this advice, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus. These are the things you must command and teach. Be an example to all who believe. 
Let us pray. Preserve in the midst of your people, we ask, O Lord, the spirit with which you filled the Bishop St. Charles Borromeo, that your church may be constantly renewed, and by conforming herself to the likeness of Christ, may show his face to the world, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. 22 minutes before the hour, we'll take a look at today's gospel in just a few minutes. In Conversation with God and Morning Prayer are coming up to you on Daybreak. It's Daybreak for Friday, November 4th, 2022, the Memorial of St. Charles Borromeo. I'm Paul Sadek. In today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, Jesus tells the parable of the dishonest steward from the 16th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Jesus also said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a steward, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. And he called him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. And the steward said to himself, What shall I do, since my master is taking the stewardship away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do, so that people may receive me into their houses when I am put out of the stewardship. So, summoning his master's debtors, one by one, He said to the first, How much do you owe my master? He said, A hundred measures of oil. And he said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. And then he said to another, And how much do you owe? He said, A hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. The master commended the dishonest steward for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. You'll find all of the daily and Sunday Mass readings on the relevant radio app. Well, let's talk about indulgences. No, you can't buy or sell them. They are another example of God's mercy. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 5, Ordinary Time. Indulgences are of special importance in our effort to assist the souls in purgatory. The Church teaches that indulgences can be gained in two forms, plenary and partial. There are certain indulgences which are intended exclusively for the benefit of the faithful departed. The Church grants partial indulgences for many works of piety, such as mental prayer, the reciting of the Angelus or Regina Chaley, the use of religious objects which have been blessed by a priest, such as a crucifix, a rosary, a scapular, a medal. If the object has been blessed by the Roman pontiff or a prelate, The owner may gain a plenary indulgence on the feast of Saints Peter and Paul by making an act of faith. Other opportunities for partial indulgences include the reading of sacred scripture, the praying of the memorare, spiritual communions, 
the litanies, praying the Adoro Te Devote, the Salve, prayers for the Pope, retreats. Certain acts may earn us a plenary indulgence if we fulfill the ordinary requirements. These are normally confession, holy communion, and prayer for the Roman pontiff. The plenary indulgence remits all the temporal pain caused by sin. Such an indulgence may be obtained by having the family pray the rosary, by making the way of the cross, by praying for one half hour before the blessed sacrament, by visiting a cemetery to pray for the dead in the first eight days of November. According to the teachings of St. Thomas Aquinas and many other theologians, the holy souls in purgatory are able to pray for their loved ones on earth. These souls do not know the concrete needs of the living unless God wants them to, but they do pray for our intentions in general. They pray for us, and we pray for them. We do this even though we do not know whether these souls remain in purgatory or have ascended to heaven. The holy souls in purgatory can no longer merit graces, but can intercede for us before the Lord. They can help us a great deal in our daily lives, providing special assistance to those who were their friends on earth. They certainly want their friends to attain salvation. During this month of November, let us resolve to pray for the holy souls in purgatory by offering up many suffrages on their behalf. In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers. You'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. Fourteen minutes now before the hour, and it's time to pray. We join the whole church as we're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. You alone I have grieved by my sin. Have pity on me, O Lord. You alone I have grieved by my sin. Have pity on me, O Lord. Have mercy on me, God, in your kindness. In your compassion, blot out my offense. O wash me more and more from my guilt, and cleanse me from my sin. My offenses, truly, I know them. My sin is always before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned. What is evil in your sight, I have done. That you may be justified when you give sentence and be without reproach when you judge. O see, in guilt I was born, a sinner was I conceived. Indeed, you love truth in the heart, then in the secret of my heart teach me wisdom. O purify me, then I shall be clean. O wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear rejoicing and gladness, that the bones you have crushed may revive. From my sins turn away your face and blot out all my guilt. A pure heart create for me, O God, but a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, nor deprive me of your Holy Spirit. 
Give me again the joy of your help. With a spirit of fervor sustain me, that I may teach transgressors your ways, and sinners may return to you. O rescue me, God, my helper, and my tongue shall ring out your goodness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall declare your praise. For in sacrifice you take no delight. Burnt offering from me you would refuse. My sacrifice, a contrite spirit, a humbled, contrite heart, you will not spurn. In your goodness show favor to Zion, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with lawful sacrifice, holocaust offered on your altar. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as as it it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Father, He who knew no sin was made sin for us, to save us and restore us to your friendship. Look upon our contrite heart and afflicted spirit, and heal our troubled conscience, so that in the joy and strength of the Holy Spirit we may proclaim your praise and glory before all the nations. You alone I have have grieved by my sin. Have pity on me, O Lord. Truly we know our offences, Lord, for we have sinned against you. Truly we know our offences, Lord, for we have sinned against you. Let my eyes stream with tears day and night without rest over the great destruction which overwhelms the virgin daughter of my people over her incurable wound. If I walk out into the field, look, though slain by the sword. If I enter the city, look, those consumed by hunger. Even the prophet and the priest forage in a land they know not. Have you cast Judah off completely? Is Zion loathsome to you? Why have you struck us a blow that cannot be healed? We wait for peace to no avail, for a time of healing, but terror comes instead. We recognize, O Lord, our wickedness, the guilt of our fathers, that we have sinned against you. For your name's sake, spurn us not. Disgrace us, not the throne of your glory. Remember your covenant with us, and break it not. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was was in in the the beginning, beginning, is is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Truly we know our offenses, Lord. For we have sinned against you. The Lord is God. We are his people, the flock he shepherds. The Lord is God. We are his people, the flock he shepherds. 
Cry out with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him singing for joy. Know that He, the Lord, is God. He made us. We belong to Him. We are His people, the sheep of His flock. Go within His gates giving thanks. Enter His courts with songs of praise. Give thanks to Him and bless His name. Indeed, how good is the Lord, eternal is merciful love. He is faithful from age to age. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as, as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, now and, and will, will be, be forever. forever. Amen. God devoted to us as a Father, you created us as a sign of your power and elected us your people to show your goodness. Accept the thanks your children offer that all men may enter your courts, praising you in song. The Lord is God. We are his people, the flock he shepherds. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider how their lives ended and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teaching. The Word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. On your walls, Jerusalem, I have set my watchmen to guard you. On your your walls, walls, Jerusalem, I have have set my watchmen to guard you. Day or night, they will not cease to proclaim the name of the Lord. I have have set set my watchmen to guard you. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. On your your walls, Jerusalem, I have set my watchmen to to guard you. What you say of me does not come from yourselves. It is the Spirit of my Father speaking in you. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. 
as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Amen. What you say of me does not come from yourselves. It is the Spirit of my Father speaking in you. Christ is the Good Shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep. Let us praise and thank him as we pray. Nourish your people, Lord. Christ, you decided to show your merciful love through your holy shepherds. Let your mercy always reach us through them. Nourish your people, Lord. Through your vicars, you continue to perform the ministry of Shepherd of Souls. Direct us always through our leaders. Nourish your people, Lord. Through your holy ones, the leaders of your people, you served as physician of our bodies and our spirits. Continue to fulfill your ministry of life and holiness in us. Nourish your people, Lord. You taught your flock through the prudence and love of your saints. Grant us continual growth in holiness under the direction of our pastors. Nourish your people, Lord. Let us conclude our prayers with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Preserve in the midst of your people, we ask, O Lord, the spirit with which you filled the Bishop St. Charles Borromeo, that your church may be constantly renewed, and by conforming herself to the likeness of Christ, may show his face to the world, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. If you have some plans for the weekend, be sure they include Sunday Mass. Morning Air with John and Glenn in just a few minutes. I'm Paul Sadek. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central, or on the Relevant Radio app. You go out now and make this a great day and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. Ten Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio.